So, John, if you could dress up and fight as any toy ever, who would you pick and why? Okay, so you know in the Toy Story movies, mm-hmm. you know in Sid's house, yeah. there's that baby doll head with spider legs. Oh, with like spider legs made out of metal. Like, yeah, oh. that thing. That's the stuff of nightmares. <laughs> exactly. Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box Set, a podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels and spin-offs to films that don't have any. I'm Harry, joining me as always is John. Hello. This is our final episode of our little Christmas series. Not our final episode though. Is it not? Not, not ever. Not oh yeah. Not <laughs> final episode of our, of our Christmas series. We will be back. It's a very special episode because John, you've got some very special guests on. Yeah, it's our very first podcast crossover. We're very pleased to be joined by Paul and Paul from One Good Thing, a fabulous podcast. Where, well, you tell us about your podcast. How does it work? Sure. Uh, hello there. Uh, this is one of the two aforementioned Pauls. And um, yeah, our podcast is called One Good Thing because we like to watch terrible movies and find the one good thing that's buried in there. Uh, we've already found good things about Jack and Jill. Uh, do you want to go back and Literally forth? Literally can't remember any other film after <laughs> so that. It's you've just got the one episode. A massive black hole. Jack and Jack. Oh, Jack and Jill. Paul, over to you. <laughs> Yes, this is other Paul. Hello, everyone. Um, yes, we are gluttons for punishment. We will watch just about anything, and we are aiming to watch even more than that in the coming, coming weeks. <laughs> we'll watch anything and more. And we made you watch Lady in the Water once, which uh, was one of your yes. uh, best episodes, I think. Oh, you did? That was horrendous. Thank you. <laughs> I hate myself ever since. Thanks. <laughs> was this week's film choice revenge, then, by any chance? Or? <laughs> Ooh, Absolutely not. This is a Ooh. treasured, festive classic uh, that you guys it, it... would enjoy. Is it, what? <laughs> I, I feel like Jingle All The Way, it may be a single sort of execution style killing, but Lady in the Water was uh, a Jean-Claude Van Damme style 64 bullets in the chamber um, <laughs> onslaught. So we well, think we've got a while to go yet. Okay, so what made you choose this film? What about it sort of screamed, hey, this needs sequelizing? Uh, Die Hard was taken. <laughs> yeah, I vetoed Die Hard because that has too many sequels. And we Fair do, enough. This, technically, Jingle, well, we should say we're doing Jingle all the way this week. The 1993, I think, Arnold Schwarzenegger festive classic, Christ, question is mark. It, is it that old? It is. Yeah. It's mid-90s, definitely. And it, it's timeless, obviously. It hasn't aged a bit. <laughs> but, uh, oh, yeah, I felt like it was this year. But just, just to say before we get any angry letters, this film does actually have a sequel, technically. Mm. Technically, there is a, a direct-to-DVD sequel called Jingle All The Way 2 with none of the original cast, and replacing Arnold Schwarzenegger is something called Larry the Cable Guy. I'm not intimately familiar with his work, but to be honest, there's not that many Christmas films that don't have sequels that are of note. This seems like it's going to be a fun film to talk about, so who cares? And you know what? It's our podcast. We'll do whatever the hell we like, so fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> Not you, system. but anyone who, any listener who might be annoyed that we're doing a film that has a sequel can go to hell. Yeah, but this is our one rule. Is... <laughs> <laughs> so it's never failed for us so far. Yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, Jingle All The Way was kind of my choice once Die Hard was shot down. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. It's just, it's in the festive rotation for me. Every year, it's always something that's just on in the background whilst we're Wait, doing Wait, sorry, you've watched things. this more than once? Yep. Oh, God, no. <laughs> in fact, I, my, oh. watching it, my watching it in preparation for this was purely a... Perfunctory. Formality. <laughs> it was entirely unnecessary, as I am able to recite the film by heart by now. 
Oh my god. Jesus, I haven't yeah. seen it since I was mm, 10, <laughs> 8. Now, eight. I've got some questions for you two because this film, it was painful. It was absolutely, <laughs> oh god, it was, do you guys do this every week? <laughs> I think we go, we go deeper. I mean, this was, this was a holiday for us. Yeah, man. Very I mean, few minorities got insulted. No one got shat on. It wasn't, at any it stage. wasn't just plain, plain mean, you know, right, and, you know, black to its core. Yeah, I didn't hate nice. myself or society after it was over. I think we got off yeah. lightly this week. Hugged a family member afterwards. I felt great. <laughs> you looked him in the eye. <laughs> yeah. Didn't do that shit after Jack and Jill. So, Harry, I'm guessing you've never seen this before, then? No. Did you know anything about it? Um, I knew from the cover that Arnold Schwarzenegger was in it. That was it. Okay. So, so what, what were your initial impressions? You said it was, it was painful, obviously, for you, but other than that... Well, it got to the point where Drake Lloyd was introduced. I'm like, ah, oh, it's Drake Lloyd! <laughs> Star Wars! Wait, he's younger than he is in Star Wars. Wait, did he get Star Wars after doing this film? How? <laughs> How? I really liked the thought of Steven Spielberg just watching this in a cinema and going, guys, we've found him. This is Trust the one. Me, guys, it's going to be the next Hayden Christensen. <laughs> oh, that hurts. I want the Turbo Man action figure with the arms and legs that move, and the boomerang suitor, and the rock and roar jetpack, and the realistic voice activator that says five different phrases, including it's turbo time! Accessories sold separately, batteries not included. But so, yeah, Jake Lloyd combined with Arnold Schwarzenegger, for whom. I mean, he is a movie star. He's, he's a great movie star in many ways. Mm-hmm. Dialogue is not his friend, I, I would never say. Was. Never was. Never was. And no. the scenes when Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jake Lloyd are acting together and there's no one else in the scene, it's oh, it's like anti-acting. I felt kind of uncomfortable watching Jake Lloyd and Arnold Schwarzenegger share screen time. Um, mm. Less uncomfortable than watching Sinbad share screen time with anyone. Mm. <laughs> yeah, Sinbad's character to me, he seemed to be suffering from some profound emotional problems throughout this film uh yeah very definitely because he's meant to be the villain of the piece but his motivations aren't great like the, the his big scene his character moment in the dino where he's like i never got a johnny seven gun when i was a kid and my neighbor did and now he's a billionaire and i'm not so there's a lot of class stuff going on because he's like a mailman but yeah so he doesn't he's... want his son to grow up to be a mailman he's very fathers for justice i thought <laughs> yes. I just want to see my kids. Yeah, I don't think his kid exists. So he, he, he just wants the doll for himself. Is that? That it? would have been a great twist. Oh. I feel like his kid is stuffed in his basement. Like, <laughs> his kid is dead. Like it's, it's like a psycho oh. in reverse. Like, wow, John, you're, you're going dark this week. It's not a dark week, are you? It's Christmas, everyone. Hooray. Merry Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Infanticide. Come on, old buddy. Give me the package. All right. Come on. Let's you me, buddy. Yeah. I am not your buddy! I tried to be your teammate, I wanted to be your friend, but no! You had other plans for my levy! No, no, I had no plans. You are no different than the rest of those civilians, those common letter writers who make fun of my knee socks and my safari hat in the summer! The one character that I was happy to share screen time with through and through was Phil Hartman. Mm. Uh, is, uh, Ted, is it? Yeah, Ted. I believe it's Ted. Yeah. He's yeah, wonderful. Yeah. He's wonderful. <laughs> I, love, I love Phil Hartman. I'd just... say that he was probably the best actor in this, but the char- character, mm, I'm not such a fan. There was, wasn't much interesting about him. He was just creepy. I mean, Whereas I don't know. The other guys were trying to chew the scenery. One thing well, I'd kind of forgotten is that he is fucking that whole town, right? <laughs> like, that's, yeah. that's a detail I think I overlooked when I was a kid, is that <laughs> he's just, he's the Pat Mustard of this, um, 
in this little neighbourhood. <laughs> yeah, he's the hottest bachelor in, all, in the whole town, but he only has eyes for Rita Wilson and her weird, terrible 90s Jennifer Aniston hair. Oh, God, it's fantastic. Oh. There's that, that scene when they're at, what is it, karate, judo? Yeah, the karate, arts, yeah. Yeah, the, the martial arts boys. And yeah. uh, all the mums are like, oh, thank you for coming over and screwing that shelf in. Oh, and, yeah. uh, oh. Thank you for coming and plugging that hole. And, he's just, <laughs> and his eyes have this real like waxwork. He's got a waxwork face and his eyes darting nervously about. Do you know what? With his with his little smile and his slow drunkard eyes, he kind of reminded me of like a Ryan Reynolds performance at times, which is in a very good way. But like, yeah, I, I, he had that lasciviousness yeah, right, to him. You're right. You're right. And it was quite nice to see somebody with acting chops, you know, around with you know Sinbad doing his thing and Arnie doing the Arnie thing and Jake Lloyd just just surviving day to day. <laughs> just get through the day. Get through the show. Yeah. It was just really nice to have somebody somebody who was good at acting and good at comedy. I think there's some underutilized talent going on here because actually Rita Wilson with her Jennifer Aniston hair. In the moments where she was given something funny to do, I feel like she really kind of shone. Like, mm. she had some really fun facial reactions and line deliveries, but mm. unfortunately, she's in a 90s comedy, so she has to be relegated to the straight person yeah. who occasionally looks at the ridiculous men and goes, Dole. Oh, I just found her so boring. I've got Again, oh. it's not her fault, the writing. All of her lines were just reactions to things. Like, she had yeah. nothing, no personality of her own whatsoever. So I felt like she was phoning it in a little bit. But yeah, I mean, when it was the family scenes with her and Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jake Lloyd, I mean, she looked like Meryl Streep by comparison. So yeah. <laughs> There's very little time spent with the family and sort of exploring that dynamic. There was a point after he spent all morning trying to get a Turbo Man doll that he calls home. And it was just like, oh, yeah, he's got a family. Yeah. <laughs> That's why he's doing all this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and do you know what? Um, if we're talking about the stuff that Arnold Schwarzenegger is doing, it's mostly breaking the law, right? Yeah, it's mostly breaking laws and beating random people up. And wanton <laughs> destruction of property. Frequently assaults a police officer. Assaulted a child in a ball pit. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he steals <laughs> He steals something. There. And then with the bomb in the radio station, it's just like falling down, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely a very dark take on this film that could be made. Like, just a, mm. different, a slightly different edit. It would be like a typical Arnold Schwarzenegger film, really. Like, it might have been a better use of his talents. Yeah. If it was like a falling down style film where he's mad as hell and he's not going to take it anymore. And he just goes on this killing spree across the city over Christmas. <laughs> yeah. So one step because... away from that. He's sitting on a doorstep giving a deer some beer. And yeah. anything <laughs> after that is just, it's, it's just going to be eyes wide shut, isn't it? Oh, yeah. that deer. Oh, I think dear. the... The moment he punches a, a reindeer in the nose and the reindeer falls to the floor and goes, ow, was my personal low point of this movie. That's the thing is this is meant to be like a comical kind of goofy film. I think before that you have the scene where a guy opens a bomb and it explodes yeah. and then it just cuts back to him and he's just like sooted got like a, a cartoon. Yeah. yeah, he's got a sooty face and it's like, oh, this is a cartoon. You've implied oh. that in no way before this. <laughs> Nothing yeah. like that has happened before this no character has run really fast at a door and left like a man-shaped hole in there <laughs> behind him it's like that was the first like crazy thing and then after that it just mm. gets crazier and crazier it's very incongruous and weird the bit that got me was the whole scene at the end of the parade where he's in this suit and it's a fully functioning suit yes it's it's exactly the same functions as we see in the in the show at the start <laughs> of the film yeah like it's not even toned back it's not like it's a costume it's got everything like imagine if in 2017, somebody had an Iron Man suit. Yeah. yeah. Like an actual Iron Man suit, and it works perfectly. 
and they hey, just they, used it at parades. Th- this parade had a big budget. I mean, yeah. um, they could afford Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Liza, it looks like Dementor has beaten Turbo Man. Oh, no, Gail. This could be the end of civilization as we know it. Do something, Turbo Man. Use your turbo disc on your arm. Hey, man. I have a special delivery for you. Yeah! (laughs) Oh, it appears that Turbo Man has saved the day. The tonal shifts, I definitely noticed those too. The jarring shifts in tone from like disturbing levels of destruction and violence to... You know, very cartoonish moments and the very sen- sentimental moments. It just made me think, like, who is this movie for? Like, who do you think it was yeah. aimed at? Well, Paul, I guess. Kid, kids who the movie studio thought were idiots, I think. There's that, but there's also the fact that Arnie was in a lot of comedies back in his sort of phase one of his career. And I think the idea was, all of them, every single one of them, the idea was, it's Arnie. You know, Arnie with his one-liners and his big muscles and his guns. It's him in a ludicrous situation. Oh, he's gotten pregnant. Oh, he's got Danny DeVito as a twin. Oh, he's trying to find a child's toy. Like, that's comedy as far as Arnie's involved. And so I think maybe also it was aiming at, let's get the guys who like Commando to come in and see Arnie doing a ridiculous child's toy thing. Mm. But the joke stops there, is the thing. Well, if the joke is that this is Arnie, tough man Arnie, who you know spends the rest, you know, his other films decapitating people with, with yeah. saw blades, he's he's kind of in this role. He's doing what Robert De Niro then did in his fifties, where he was the <laughs> tough guy going into a comedy role. Yeah, isn't this, isn't this hilarious? Um, yeah. If only they'd have seen Jingle All the Way, we could have, <laughs> we could have saved on a lot of misery and heartache. Yeah. <laughs> I was speaking of things not being set up, like his tough guy thing the idea that this is arnie tough guy doesn't come into play until he threatens chris parnell yes up until then he's just hapless could have been played by tim allen dad yeah that really struck me as well is the sense that he's not used as arnie they've barely referenced him being you know unnaturally strong or unnaturally large or anything like there's one line phil hartman says he says you you can't bench press your way out of this one but other than that he could like he could literally be i thought this this is the only movie i've ever seen that might actually have been improved by the presence of adam sandler no well mm, you say that just just by virtue of the fact that adam sandler speaks english a lot lot of this uh arnie started reminding me of tommy wiseau Yes, ah, the there room, are some yeah. very Wiseosian lines. There were, and obviously the accent as well really adds to it, but I think they're interchangeable. I, I think if the, yeah, remake this film with Tommy Wiseau, yeah. it, it'd be the same film. I mean, <laughs> there were parts, much like The Room, there were parts of this, again, mostly when it's Jake Lloyd and Arnold Schwarzenegger together, that the one scene when they're in the kid's bedroom, Jamie's bedroom, and he's trying to bond with him, and yeah. he's kind of trying to make him laugh for a while. It's so uncomfortable and weird. But yeah, when it's the two of those in particular, the dialogue is so poor and the acting is so poor, it feels like they're improvising badly. <laughs> it doesn't wow. feel like they're reciting a script. There's no like comic beats to it. It's, it's just like, oh, what, what do I say? And then just, just whatever comes into Arnie's head, he, he says very, very stiffly. There's one I... moment where I really feel strongly that Arnie is improvising and it's when he and Sinbad are running to the uh, radio 
station in order mm. to try and get the doll. And while Sinbad's desperately throwing, he's doing physical comedy. He's throwing mail out of his bag in order to lighten <laughs> his load, um, or possibly look for the um, bomb that he's going to pretend to have. But Arnie is rehearsing the names of the reindeer. And I feel like the director maybe said to him, be happy. This is your moment of triumph. Be happy. So his line is something like, I'm having a good time. Bye. I'm having a good time. Bye. Again, very Tommy Wiseau-esque. Like, very yeah. I, I will say something that Arnie has that Tommy Wiseau definitely does not is an expressive face. Mm. Or like, no, a face capable of more than one expression. Mm. He does have yeah, some expressions. It's, it's when his eyes narrow and his teeth are glimmering and he starts oh, he, he bears his fans. Big. Yeah, he, he, that he, he is a threatening Arnold Schwarzenegger at times. And yeah. that comes through in this film. So make all the comparisons to Tommy Wiseau that you want. He does at least... <laughs> have the have facial a... expressions of an angry bear <laughs> he also has some really fun delighted facial expressions my favorite being when he figures out that he could drive in the sos lane going down the oh, motorway yeah. he's so happy he can't <laughs> believe it he can't believe he figured this out he just looks delighted he's looking at all the other drivers like look at this there's a lot of wide-eyed reaction shots as well like he has, a, he has the oh shit moments like when when Risa Wilson says oh I'm sure that toy is sold out all over the country right now and then he almost looks direct to camera and his eyes just go so it's like I almost feel like he's going to slap his cheek and then there's going to be a freeze frame and the credits are going to roll yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a Dick Van Dyke slapstick moment yeah. <laughs> maybe that's what he was going for I, I will also say that Turbo Man looks like a rubbish toy Oh. It looks like <laughs> shit. There's nothing I want about that toy. Well, I mean, no. it, it, it depends. If it's got all the functions, you know, the jetpack well, and the boomerang that always works. <laughs> if it does that, great. You take I... it to the playground, watch this. <laughs> <laughs> it disappears into the distance. Wasn't that good? The opening scene of the movie is obviously we see an, an episode of Turbo Man. That's our yes. first scene. While I was watching that, I kind of thought to myself, oh, this is funny. They're kind of parodying Power Rangers because Power yeah. Rangers did always look a little bit janky. But then the whole rest of the movie looks just as bad. And I mean, yeah. oh, it's just, it's not, maybe they were kind of parodying it, but also the whole movie really, it really is a shitty looking movie. Like mm. all the effects are yeah. really poor. Oh God, the flying effects at the end. Oh, wow. Yeah. This is uncharitable to say, but it did put me in mind of Spider-Man 2001, which um, the special effects are dated just about as well as the uh, special effects in this one. <laughs> and the reindeer, I'm not sure the effects on these ever looked that good, though. Like the, the, When the no. reindeer cuts between being an actual reindeer and a, an obvious puppet. Why couldn't they have Arnie punch an actual reindeer? I'm pretty sure in Conan, <laughs> one and two, the barbarian and the conqueror, they had Arnie punching actual livestock. I don't see why. For the record, I prefer here. him not punching animals. <laughs> All right, veggie. Sorry. <laughs> Harry's a fully signed up member of Peter. He doesn't like to talk about <laughs> You picked the wrong day. You started it. I will say probably for me the most unbelievable thing is the fact that Jamie didn't recognise his father's voice. In the to- <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. Oh my god! Who other than Tommy Wiseau has that voice? <laughs> Tommy Wiseau? <laughs> yeah. Sure, kids. Yeah. yeah, because the Turbo Man helmet doesn't cover his face. The lower half of his face is clearly visible. Yes. He knows his son's name because he's a, he knows my name, yeah. and he has this. He's a heavily accented. 
six giant foot something man. giant of a man who knows your name and yeah and even the wife the same when he takes off the helmet the Risa Wilson reacts as though oh my god it was you yeah. the whole time it's like a Scooby Doo ending or something <laughs> but how what's yeah, wrong with these people yeah then she looks at him and it's like ooh Howard like did you not notice you were married to Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't the... know yet where you've been hiding those <laughs> pecs <laughs> this, is, this is the thing though like none of our dads are Arnold Schwarzenegger well no my dad is not Arnold Schwarzenegger and I've met Paul's dad and he's not Arnold Schwarzenegger but I would still recognise my dad under a Turbo Man outfit even if even if his whole face was covered I'd think oh his body you know shape general shape looks familiar oh that's definitely his voice you know yeah. dad dad that I've known for tw- for what, 10 years is that how old Jake Lloyd is in this I think so, yeah. Even even a voice that I'd known for a week, I think I'd be able to pick that one out. So for Arnie to come in and just be like, ah, oh, strange little boy. Never mind who I am. I am I am the Turbo Man. Yeah. Oh cool. That's weird. Yeah. But cool. I don't have high hopes for their future father son relationship, to be honest. No, no, no. I don't think it's gonna end well. Like it, it's, it's amazing. To be honest... It's stunning that the film doesn't end with him and his son. That's what the movie's yeah. about. It ends with him being carried away from his son by a crowd of strangers. That's amazing. It's just like, let's all celebrate this dad. Being great. He deserves it. That's what Christmas is. I mean, the whole the stakes of this movie are that this horrible bratty child will will he or will he not get this doll for Christmas? It's like, I don't care. I don't I think he should not get the present, frankly. Dad of the year. Aww. I understood the whole thing of him being a slightly neglectful father and everything, but mm. the, the, the scene where the son like slams the door in his face and then like yells at him, and it's that's the point when your dad or my dad anyway would just lay down a bit of discipline and be like, you know what, maybe you don't deserve this toy for Christmas. Yeah, don't you slam <laughs> yeah. the door in my face. That's exactly. it. No dinner for a week. We all <laughs> had that, right? We all had that threat. Right? Total lack of discipline. Right? Buy something. I'll buy something for you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This film is about buying a child's love. That is the, yeah. the, essentially the message of this movie is that you can buy a child's love. <laughs> or put his life and your life in danger until he's mm. f- forced to develop Stockholm Syndrome. I can tell this film is dark. He almost died, everyone. <laughs> I don't think this film is dark. I think this film should have been dark. Mm. That would have fixed it. If it was like a Roald Dahl style kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. No, yeah. You're, 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 you're right. A terrorist incident in a public a public place is, uh, is, is milk toast. <laughs> <laughs> A couple of references get made to like terrorism, and um, I think, oh my god, does Sinbad at one stage, whilst he's on the floor, start shouting Rodney King? He does. I found that really shocking. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that. I felt like Sinbad was improvising a lot. I feel like he genuinely was just making it up on the fly, and people were just letting him go with it because all of his dialogue felt like watching somebody do a bad like open mic slot. Mm. He was just doing. He wasn't speaking in dialogue. He was speaking in stand up. Yeah. He was doing little mini routines every time he had a chance to say more than a line or two in a row. Yes. And actually, one of my favorite moments came from uh, when he's in the crowd doing his stand-up routine about, oh, fuck, everything. Just kids and uh, his wife and all sorts. And there's a woman over Arnie's shoulder who's, like, looking at him like he's just insane. Like, uh, initially, like, oh, let's hear what this man has to say. <laughs> and then just her, she gets gradually more and more unhappy about being this close to Sinbad. And I thought, who is this woman? Why have I never noticed her? And she's the woman he grabs and starts throttling with the fur. I didn't notice that she gets introduced like throughout that whole scene. He does fly into these incredible rages through the whole film. Like, obviously, there's a point where he calls in a bomb threat. Yeah. Uh, mm. He pepper sprays Arnie at Arnie, one point. Was, <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. That was really quite something. 
We're so out of the blue. Yeah. Was that before or after they decided to pursue the, the woman with the last Turbo Man and mug her? <laughs> I love so I the know. moment. I love the moment when she looks in the rearview mirror and without knowing anything about him, just sees Arnie running after her and is like, shit, and floors him. <laughs> Smart woman, smartest character in this film. <laughs> I want to go back a little bit too. You mentioned earlier how Turbo Man looks like shit. Um, and one question I really <laughs> had throughout this film was, um, what was his sidekick? Turbo Man's sidekick, he has this pink kind of oh, yeah. saber-toothed... Booster! Yeah. It's called Booster. What What is Booster supposed to be? Like a parody of. I think he's meant to be like the Ewoks. Like he's meant to be the weird sort of furry creature that they introduced to be... <laughs> like I can only think this whole thing was like based on Power Rangers and such. And they had like Alpha 5... Mm-hmm. Maybe he was meant mm. to be that, like the annoying comic relief sidekick. No, maybe. But he's oh, kind yeah. of like, he's a pink hunchbacked saber-toothed tiger oh, in, yeah. in golden Y-fronts. And everything, everything about him... What is he? No yeah, one's... literally, what, what is it? Because every, everything about his appearance was profoundly upsetting. Like... Actually, do you know what he was? He was my favourite part of the whole movie, particularly when the kids <laughs> get, like, gang up on him. And, and, and chant we is hate it, you yeah we hate you booster as they as they lay into him just kick seven stages of shit out of him i can he understand get, he, why he gets the least and the least deserved comeuppance of any yeah. fictional character <laughs> <laughs> it was wonderful that was a genuinely oh, hilarious bit and uh, mm. for him for him i think him and phil hartman saved saved this experience for me they saved christmas 2017 yeah. so I is that what was... you guys would say is one good thing about this film it's Booster. <laughs> Booster. Um, for me, Phil Hartman would be the one good thing about this film. I'd be on board with that. Yeah. Yeah. Booster. Yeah. So, Booster a distant second. Hey, buddy! This ain't the way we rehearsed it! You know what? Nobody likes you, Booster. Oh! Wow! So another character we've not really talked about much yet is the the police officer who is kind yes. of Arnold Schwarzenegger's um, kind of occasional victim. Uh, vi- yeah, vi- yeah, victim. Absolutely, he's supposed to be an antagonist, but really he's the victim. He undergoes so much in this film. He is, as we've mentioned, he's blown up. You know that that should have killed him. Yeah. He has. Yeah. Well, the most disturbing scene for me is when he has scalding hot coffee poured all over his face and into his eyes, and then. Arnold just leaves him in the road, just goes, sorry, and then just runs on. He doesn't react like, um, oh, he reacts, ah! ah! <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's genuinely chilling. It's like, get that man to a hospital. My favourite bit is when Arnie knocks over his bike and he's like, you broke my little mirror. <laughs> it's just so, I don't know, sweet the way he says it. It's like, oh no, your mirror. Oh. He seems very elderly for a police officer. He does. He's totally he does. one day away from retirement. Yeah. <laughs> I was going, yeah, last day on the job for sure. Yeah. Yeah, his his face when he realizes who Turbo Man is is uh, it's pretty heartbreaking. It says it all, really. Yeah, it's it's a face of real pain. He and should he gets still to arrest watch him, this though. man. So win. He, he gets to watch this man win. Yeah, be carried off on a crowd full of people who love him. <laughs> Again, there is a side movie to this movie starring this guy, and it is for it is falling down or something like that. It is one of it is just this poor police officer one day for retirement getting mutilated just having the worst day in the world and it concluding with him realising that it was all for nothing mm. as a Cariano Schwarzenegger away where the crowd goes yay better than the police ever were hooray <laughs> <laughs> did you notice by the way just on the side I never noticed this before the number of times I've seen this in front of the Turbo Man float is a policeman float really Oh, yeah. a big paper mache policeman and a police officer doing somersaults on a trampoline yes <laughs> 
like, kids like all police officers. officers. Like all floats, like all parades. <laughs> Just because they work in security doesn't mean they can't have a little fun. That's <laughs> true, actually, Paul. Yeah, I am. I, I want them to be just downtrodden. They should have been working on cracking that Christmas sweatshop operation that was running halfway through the movie. Yes. Which yeah, made very little sense. Never mind. So, Arnold Schwarzenegger is always around to punch a little person. <laughs> to, to punch <laughs> Vern Troyer square in the face. Yeah. <laughs> Did we see him get up? <laughs> <laughs> yes, because later on he scurries underneath a... Um, uh, a production line and a police oh, officer does, comically knocks his head as he runs after him <laughs> Jesus Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonates a police officer that's another law broken yeah mm-hmm. that's a serious one <laughs> there's a scene when he's turbo man when he's flying when he there's a scene where he just flies through some poor family's oh, apartment yeah. Oh, yeah. while they're praying and just destroys it completely and <laughs> I'm guessing they never get reimbursed for that that's a really crappy Christmas for that family <laughs> what was your biggest laugh out of the film because it is allegedly a comedy. It was definitely the kids physically hurting Booster. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even supposed to be funny. I think it is. I, th- I, th- I think I think it is with the kids chanting, "We hate you, Booster." Yeah, it's every time. Every time Booster is mentioned, it happens in the Toy Store as well. Like they've got plenty of Booster toys left. The, the reaction oh, yeah. is mm. visceral, oh, visceral yeah. hatred. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I had a genuine laugh moment when the kid says. Um, Oh, uh, the reindeer is also called Ted. So when the kid says, oh, mum's next door petting Ted, uh, he says, she's what? And his, she's what face, I found vaguely amusing. Because <laughs> it, was, it was actually not over the top. It was relatively withdrawn of just, what? Like, he's too exhausted to be fully upset by this. <laughs> <laughs> they got a lot of mileage out of uh, double entendres about Phil Hartman having sex with Rita Wilson, didn't they? Because... There's that whole phone call where he says, "Ooh, Liz's cookies taste so good." Yeah. Oh, <laughs> your wife's cookies. What are cookies? Is that supposed to be her vagina? What are we, what are we to understand that Arnold is misunderstanding about this situation? Like, Put the vagina down. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "You stay away from my wife's cookies. Put the cookies down." Like, what does he think is happening? Like, does he just really like those cookies? In America, it actually means virginity. I think. I think it's to do with the hymen. Oh really? Oh, yeah, America is a crazy place. Well, oh, so so they've <laughs> like never the consummated West, the marriage. I mean, it's never conf- it's never like confirmed that Jake Lloyd is their biological son. I mean, it's no. unlikely given he's got no Austrian accent of any kind. Yeah, true, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I feel he's just a latchkey kid. Yeah, yeah safe from a train station. <laughs> yeah, it's like lion. Merry Christmas, Langston residents. Hi, I. Ted. Howard. Hey, buddy. How's it going out there? Everything okay? Yeah, fine. Uh, Ted, I need to speak to Liz. Uh, could you get... Mm. Oh, Howard, oh, excuse me, but your wife's cookies are out of this world. What a... Who told you you can eat my cookies? I'm just helping Liz out a little in the kitchen. She's making up a storm here. Mm. Oh, these cookies. I gotta get the recipe from Liz. Put that cookie down now! Yeah, so my one and only significant laugh and I did laugh pretty hard, to be fair. Uh, it's the scene when Arnold Schwarzenegger breaks into Ted's house to steal the mm. the Turbo Man and accidentally starts a fire and then panics and kicks the head of one of the three wise men out the window and it lands uh, yes. it, and, and it sends a bunch of carol singers screaming. That that did make me laugh. That was that felt, that felt pretty funny. <laughs> that was good, actually. I hadn't thought of that. Also, in what world are carol singers ever that good? <laughs> Yeah. And that numerous as well. I mean, here in England, carol singers, if you get them, it's like three people from the local church group who show up, or like two scary looking teens. 
Oh no, no! In 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 Wales, it's completely different. I'm from Mid Wales, and uh, when mm. when it's Christmas time, we get about three Land Rovers drive up to our house, oh and God. about yeah, about twenty or thirty people all pile out, and nobody wants to be there, <laughs> and they all just sort of push their way through deck the halls, and it's it's bloody awful. And then you give them like twenty quid, and they leave. Sounds magical. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it is. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Not long now. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I don't know. The, the England I know, I double lock my doors on Halloween and Christmas. So. <laughs> Same. Don't want anything to do with anyone. <laughs> Harry, what was your biggest laugh, if you can identify one? Oh, I don't think I have one. Um, I'm not sure if I did. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. Okay. It was a complete you, you, stony you. face start. My movie. biggest problem with this film okay. was at the end when the parade's happening... And mm. all the floats stop and, you know, they start putting on a show or whatever and then he's supposed to go and give a doll to a kid or whatever. Well, what about all the people who were behind that float? Because that float had a big back to yeah. it. Yeah. Nobody could see the show. <laughs> well, what about the people, like, waiting at the other end of the street for the float to come past? Because a parade is quite long, usually, the route. <laughs> yeah, and they're just like, is supposed this to ever, Are they going to do this again when they get here? Because I'm feeling mm-hmm. like we're not getting the most out of this. Yeah, yeah, it was a little unfortunate. I, I, I didn't like that. I didn't appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Shall we get to some drinking games? As a session, we do, is a section of this podcast we do quite a lot. So, did you guys manage to come up with any drinking games for this film that you might want to suggest for us? Should we ever decide to subject ourselves to it again? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did actually have one. Any time, Marnie or Sinbad break the law. <laughs> Solid. Drink, drink Very along. good. Yeah. <laughs> Simple. Um, Any time you get the impression that some dialogue wasn't scripted. <laughs> would be um, <laughs> would be one. Just yeah, I'm pretty sure no. This was not written down by a person onto a page and then approved by studio executives. I wonder if the script for this film was just like a one page plot synopsis and they just kind of went out there and <laughs> shot it on the fly. Like. We've got a spare weekend. Yeah, yeah. Let's, just, let's just do it. Let's just do it. We've always got a film in hand. Yeah, he's he's, he's in between Terminators right now. He's bored. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Drink every time there's an overlong and pointless montage. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's a I'll lot of montaging. There. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. If I felt like because this film was very short, I felt like it the montage was just to push it up to that ninety minute minimum mm. for it to qualify as a film. So. Yeah. yeah unbelievably, was... it's like an hour and twenty two minutes long, and there's then fifteen minutes of credits. Yeah, I found no. that too. But it's worth it for that amazing post credit scene. What? <laughs> Did you not catch the post credit scene? I have never in my life caught the post credit scene. <gasps> you missed one of the best jokes in the film. Oh my god. <laughs> So if you, you have sit to rewatch through, it now. Yeah, if you sit through those 15 minutes of credits, there is a scene where Arnie is placing his star on top of the Christmas tree, surrounded by his adoring family. I, I, I'm blowing your mind. I, I can't believe this. And Rita <laughs> Wilson just laughs and looks adoringly at him and says, you know, Harry, I, when I think about all the things you went through for little Jamie today, it just makes me wonder, what did you get for me? And then he looks dead to camera, the eyes widen, and boom, film ends. <laughs> What wow. the fuck? I never knew that. <laughs> How many times have you seen this? I've seen that this is like telling someone that there's a post-credit sequence to Toy Story. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, what? Howard, I've been thinking. Everything that you went through today for Jamie really shows how much you love him. Mm. And, uh, and if you're willing to go through all of that for him just for a present, well, that makes me wonder... What? What did you get me? You wouldn't really get very drunk off mine, but drink any time you laugh. Well, you would be stone cold sober, <laughs> yeah. apparently. You couldn't name one. 
That's a hate game. That's not a, that's yeah. not a game. <laughs> yeah. It's a game for somebody who hates life and people. Yeah. Well, that's basically well, Harry. Yeah, in, meet in a me. Nutshell. <laughs> Hi. Any more? Just you can uh, drink every time there's a reference to Phil Hartman nailing one of the other women. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just drink continuously for as long as Sinbad's on the scene. Oh, God. <laughs> well, that's kind of involuntary, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this is an excuse, then, isn't it? It's not so much of a game. Yeah. See, I have to shop late because it's the busiest time of year for me. All these important Christmas letters that people send to folks they don't even talk to but once a year. Not to mention, relatives sending presents they're going to have to send back anyway. How many toiletry kits does a man need? How about those little stupid letters from kids to Santa at the North Pole? Dear Santa, could you send me a bike and a slinky? No, your father's been laid off. I think it's time for some sequels. Oh, we have a sequel. <laughs> okay. Would you um, prefer to go first or second? Uh, we'll go first if that's okay. Sure, go for it. Go right ahead. Thank you. I think we started by discussing the most important aspect, and whenever you're um, doing a creative endeavour, you have to start with this, the title. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We had a few options. We had Jingle 2, Jingle Harder. <laughs> nice. Jingle All the Way with a Vengeance. Jingle All the Way into Darkness. Jingle All the Way Beyond. I Still Jingle All the Way. <laughs> <laughs> still Jingle. <laughs> In the end, we sent it along, J2, Jingle Day. <laughs> Very nice. Very mm. nice. And I think the rationale here is just the idea that in Jingle All The Way, the crazy elements come out of nowhere and are really jarring. Mm-hmm. So the best way to solve this is just to go crazy right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have a prologue planned for um, you guys. Goodman, are you ready? <clears throat> yes. Okay. Establishing shot of a snowflake drifting down from the sky over a city at night. We hear the familiar opening notes of Carol of the Bells. As it peacefully drifts down to the street level, it gets wiped out by a delivery truck. The lyrics start. Hark how the bells, sweet silver bells, all seem to say, throw cares away. Keep padding down in the same shot, and beneath the road, there is revealed to be a street, with a large department store on it, with tents and roll-out beds outside. Cut to a boy, in the snow, his parents asleep in the sleeping bag behind him, and he's looking at a mean-looking security guard on the other side of the glass, and as their eyes meet, his grip tightens on the baton. Too young and old, meek and the bold. Inside the store, which has its lights off for some reason, we see guards are patrolling, sentinel-like, with their flashlights picking out the empty aisles. Two men are stocking shelves with bright yellow and red boxes, illuminated by the cascading light coming from the storeroom behind them. As they turn to leave, one carefully slips one of the boxes into his jacket. This is precious. With joyful ring or caroling. Establishing shot of a window that has been prized open, Pan to show the culprit, a frightened-looking middle-aged man with a beanie and dark clothes. His face is ruddy from the cold weather outside. He sneaks down the aisles, avoiding the lights. One seems to hear words of good cheer from everywhere. Finds his way to the boxes, and as he lays his hands on one, a light is shot on his face, and he looks up in panic. Feeling the air. The guard shouts for him to stop and draws his gun. Aerial shot reveals every guard take notice and start to converge. The man grits his teeth, turns, and runs. Oh, how they pound, raising the sound. Shots are fired after him as stuffed bears and wooden soldiers explode all around him. Gaily they ring while people sing. Stop, the guards shout. He takes a corner too hard and falls. As he climbs to his feet, a guard appears and fires. Merry, 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 merry Christmas. Merry, 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 merry Christmas. The guard comes forward and is revealed to be just a kid. 
who looks in horror on the body of the intruder. On they send, on without end. A pool of blood spreads from around the man, circling the box which has fallen from his hands and is revealed to be a Turbo Man Mark 17 action figure. <laughs> Their joyful tone to every home. Cut to a silent family dinner with one space empty. Ding dong, ding dong. The caption reads one year later and then fades. As the family continue to eat in silence, a caption appears on the screen with the ever so slightest J2. Then a moment later, in silence, Jingle Day. <laughs> wow, you've really set the scene. That's atmospheric. Oh, God, guys. <laughs> Got shivers. Uh, you have a little goosebumps. <laughs> so, I think, like, the plot concerns a mum, an older son, and a younger son. We have a scene at the beginning demonstrating the mum and the boys. And the dad, you know, died in the opening credit sequence trying to get this toy. And the mum has a good relationship with the elder son, but he's kind of pulling away. Perhaps he's, like, always on his phone or something. And she, uh, the mum's, like, playing with the infant brother and is developing a good relationship, but she's kind of concerned at the idea of her son slipping away from her. Then she sees, like, a Turbo Man playset advert on the television and has a flashback to playing with the elder son when he was a boy with the Turbo Man toy. And she sort of gets this look of determination on her. Then... The youngest son gets dropped off at the grandma's house. It's Christmas Eve. Eve. (laughs) Is there an echo in here? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Day before Christmas Eve. And yeah, they drop off the son. And the mum suggests that the next day they make it their mission to go out and find a Turbo Man set for the infant son. And the elder son complains this is going to be really difficult, so close to Christmas. But ultimately he's on board with the idea of a a mum and son adventure before Christmas. Mm -hmm. Uh, They look online and they find out a set is available in a nearby toy store but they head down and they find a vicious crowd and what follows is i think the first action sequence which is kind of a raid style fight sequence across three floors of this store with like people jumping between levels and such okay it's pretty gruesome early on it really it really sets the scene if that if that prologue didn't already Um, (laughs) arms arms snaps somebody gets their fingers bitten off oh man so this is still a children's film right well (laughs) I'm figuring the audience for J2 Jingle Day are going to be people like me. The only people on earth who gave a shit about Jingle all the way as a kid who have now grown up and become bitter, angry adults. So, <laughs> Are you saying you're now Sinbad? Like, <laughs> just, just this rage-filled sociopath. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it turns out that there was a mistake. There's no toy here. And one blonde guy is really angry about this and, like, throws a Barbie toy at the clerk who's telling them all. Later on, the mother and son see him getting into a car and they're like, hey, you shouldn't have thrown that. That was, you know, this is you're taking this too far. And he's just, like, a dick about it. <laughs> then we need, like, a series of scenes that take up, like, the day of Christmas Eve. So demonstrating the increasingly ridiculous attempts to get this set during the day. That could be our one montage. Mm. <laughs> okay. He's going to have the one. Somewhere in and amongst it, we need the Sinbad bonding moment in the diner, where the blonde guy explains that he just wants to recapture his childhood, which he didn't really get to have when he was a boy. Sun is coming down, and one of the fights, the action sequences involves everybody's in a, in a store, and they find out another store has a Turbo Man set. So everyone's trying to get out of the parking unit, which is a multi-floored parking thing. Mm-hmm. And the blonde guy's in like a Hummer and he's crushing other cars and like driving over them and doing jumps between levels whilst the mum and the son, they're in like a little Fiat so they can get into the tight spaces and like do sick turns and <laughs> go onto their corner, their sides and such. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, I think it ends with the son like 
on the roof <laughs> like the, the, the thing's flipped and he's upside down and he's still in the car buckled in and he sees the fiat driving off towards the potential next target mm-hmm. um, and he gets his phone out and he says dad i need your help the next day <laughs> but dad's um, dead <laughs> At the place they were heading to, there's a fight which is broken out in like a tiny Christmas village centerpiece. Like maybe the toys like at the center of it and they're all like doing parkour moves up the Christmas village and stuff. <laughs> I think the eldest son is like quite good. He's like, <laughs> I was about to make a Surf Ninjas reference. <laughs> yes, that film the three people have seen. It's just, <laughs> it's just like that. Okay. Oh, Christ. We'll take your word for it. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. <laughs> The mum is more like sensible and practical and gets through the action sequences for a mixture of like common sense and luck. Like whilst the Eddie Race Jr. kid is um, doing backflips up the building, she just like gets into a lift or something and <laughs> looks concerned. But yeah, like candy canes are getting thrown about the place, and mm. the eldest son holds like a gingerbread man and is like swinging it at people, and mm. you know just when it looks like he's going to try, and if you hear from behind him, put the cookie down. <laughs> <laughs> Turn around. And it's Arnie. Blonde oh, guy's dad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Put that cookie down! Now! Ensuing action sequence, nobody manages to get the toy, but the mother and son learn that a guy ordered a set and has now requested a refund and is due to bring it back to the store, like, in the new year. So, he lives way outside of the city. And, and so, basically, the final act of the film is a Mad Max-style convoy chase sequence. <laughs> Where this whole group of parents are like heading out to this remote house outside of the city to try and get this toy, whilst like jumping between cars and like with ridiculous things added onto it. So, <laughs> and Arnie is there, and he still has his Turbo Man outfit. Oh yeah! <laughs> so he's using it to like fish the boy out of the out of the car, and there's like oh, all sorts I, of. I, I, like, I like to think at this stage there's a definite, definite like dark web thing about this going on where Cyberdyne have been interested in this and. <laughs> Because when, when he first, you know, when he first used it, it was the only working jetpack in the world, I think. And um, there, there have been like prototypes and things like that. And of course, the government has been has been really into like developing their own prototype Turbo Man. But mm-hmm. Arnie's still the original, and um, you know, there's a whole backstory there which isn't necessarily gotten into in the film, but in the in the canonical novels that are sort of written like around around the film, all all of this has gone into in quite heavy detail. Okay, yeah, I like it. By the time they get to the house, it's just the mother and son's beat-up Fiat that's managed to survive the crazy, like, action sequence. And as they get there, they find out that the guy who wants the refund is actually Sinbad. (laughs) And he's he's returning it because his dirtbag son didn't actually show up with his grandson to give the toy to, and, like, he has a whole Sinbadian rant about it. I'm grateful. Yeah, you know, about how... (laughs) About how Weezus made his son, and, you know, all that stuff. And then my next note is ending of some sorts. So, <laughs> Gilman, over to you. Okay. So there is obviously, obviously a pursuit scene from the Turbo Man chasing the mother and the son. They obviously get into a toy factory, which is, which is shut down over the over, over the over Christmas. Obviously, as all toy factories should be. And he he chases her. He's seeming indestructible. The son is also, you know, he's 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 a bit troubled. Um, this is Arnie's son, Jake Lloyd, old Jake Lloyd. He's like, yep. oh, I didn't realize my dad had such a crazy sort of. Have you got Jake Lloyd back for this, or have you got Hayden Christensen? <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit! A hologram Hayden Christensen, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and um, 
and through they, they, they scuffle um, the production line is accidentally turned on and um, the mum the mum oh. and the son are on it and they're getting fed through the, the machine and they, they have to like duck through you know when the arms are coming in and like putting bits of the toy together and, mm-hmm. and then Turbo Man is, is following until they get to the uh, well you know you know how all toy factories have like a molten lava center not yeah, molten yeah. lava, but like molten plastic, like yeah. maybe for the casting. Yeah, so you're it's right. like sorry. liquid plastic. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. familiar with that. Yeah, well, they, they 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 get they get to that bit, and there's a whole like they they finally they finally scuffle. The the, the kid is like knocked unconscious with Arnie's Turbo Man backhand, and and he gets the woman, the mother, by the throat, and he's like holding her over the, the molten plastic, and he he looks at her and he says, "Pet this," and then uh, just just as he's about to throw her into the the, the molten plastic, <laughs> the kid digs like a bit of you know just like a bit of factory metal into the jetpack <laughs> it goes crazy and it, and it shoots arnie over like all over the factory the kid <laughs> manages to save his mum before she's dropped into the molten plastic arnie ricochets about the factory and then the the jetpack explodes sending him into the molten plastic and as he goes down we are of course treated to one final <laughs> thumbs up <laughs> before, before Arnie's gone, but I, I say he clambers. I, I say he clambers out, and mm. is like trying to. After the thumbs up bit, he clambers out, and he's like striding across, trying to still get them. But then he freezes, and now he is a literal Turbo Man toy. <gasps> oh, nice, very nice. Good. <laughs> um, yeah, then cut to cut to black, right? <laughs> no, um, I don't know. I don't know how to. Very much like Jingle All the Way. I'm not sure how to end this story. I, 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 I like the idea of having, in a Gaspar Noe way, having all the credits at the beginning of the, the film. <laughs> so that when it does cut to black, it just cuts to black. The lights go up in the cinema and everybody <laughs> everybody feels really bad and weird. <laughs> okay, I've got it. Okay. Yeah, a long shot of Jake Lloyd approaching her, his now plastic dad and like dropping to his knees. Cut away from that. That's the end of their story. Um, and now we have mum and elder son. Mm-hmm. driving off back towards the city they haven't managed to get a turbo man doll mm. and they say um oh i guess your little brother's gonna have a really boring christmas this year maybe <laughs> maybe he's always gonna have boring christmases <laughs> and uh the other son's like maybe and then suddenly like over the radio or something that they have there's like or maybe throughout the film he's been having a phone and it's like stock alert turbo man in stock in Oh, I don't know, somewhere. Mm-hmm. And they both look at each other and kind of smile, and then they rev into the distance. <laughs> the mum pops continues. a shotgun with one hand. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't have that for the whole of the rest of the film. Yes. <laughs> the end. Nice. Yeah. Yep, I'm sold. <laughs> oh, you guys are set a bar that we, I mean, we're practiced, but we can't reach. <laughs> well, the thing is, this is our only chance to do this. You have to do this True. every week. That's true. This, is, yeah. this is all of our episodes of Beyond the Box that stuffed into one. <laughs> one idea. Yeah, we're never nothing. inviting you back. Bring so. us back. Bring us back <laughs> next week. We got. We're gonna have nothing. Yeah. Like M Night Shyamalan, one and done. Yeah, <laughs> we've been doing this for a year now, and we are spent creatively. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. No, that's very, very good. I think I'll definitely pay to see that. Yeah, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Cool. Any questions, Harry? No. Okay, so <laughs> should we get to our idea now? Please do. Okay, great. Okay, so ours is a... It's a remake. Ooh. Made in 20, 2017, obviously. And so, first thing we thought is, well, we need to actually cast this. So, who do you guys think is the modern-day Arnold Schwarzenegger? Now, that's interesting. It's it's come a bit away from the idea of casting people in action movies just because they look good. Do you think? Jason I Satan. think so. Maybe. 
Mm-hmm. Or Gina Carino. No. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, ooh. Okay, okay. Okay, now you're asking. Uh, the Rock. There we go. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, we, we came to the exact... <laughs> we were like, it's one, it's one of two people. It's The Rock or it's Vin Diesel, and really it's The Rock. So. Oh, The Rock. Oh, it's got to be The Rock. Come on. Yeah. yeah. You want some charisma in your movie. And so then we thought, well, who do we cast as Sinbad? Who who can sort of play a very, very high-energy role with like a hint of evil to him as well? And, uh, well, John, I think you suggested uh, Chris Rock, mm. which then leads us on to our title, okay. Jingle Bell Rock. Nice. Uh, the Rock and Chris uh, Rock nice. in Jingle Bell Rock. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I think the sequel, the, the well, not this, this remake, I should say, this remake, the idea of it is that it's a slightly more adult take. It's kind of Jingle All the Way by way of the Fast and Furious franchise. <laughs> so in this version, uh, Harry is a, the, the Chris, the The Rock slash Arnold Schwarzenegger character. Harry is a drug dealer, and uh, he's actually like many gangsters. He has a legitimate business that acts as a front for um, his illegal practices. So the system that he's using is that... We've done a lot of research into this, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> this was a, a long evening we spent uh, looking into how this would work em- out. empirical research, I hope. Yes. Um, <laughs> we are wasted right now. Um, <laughs> so his front for his drug-dealing enterprise is that he has a factory that manufactures toys. And those toys are called Loverbella dolls, which are a real thing. We had a look into what was the most popular toy of Christmas 2017, <laughs> and it is a, a doll called Loverbella, who is an artificially intelligent doll who oh my God. changes her behaviour depending on how she's played with. So the expression oh she does, the things that she says, it all changes depending on how she's played with. Christ, well, goodbye humanity, kid. nice to know you. <laughs> I, think it, I think it's really creepy. I don't like it. I'm not for it. Yeah. What if my crit raises it a monster? Like I go in to clean up after the kid's gone to school and it's just there like, why am I so ugly? <laughs> <laughs> it's like that Treehouse of Horror episode where the crusty doll just starts like st- trying to kill Homer, isn't it? <laughs> Fuck me. Uh, I think of this like tortured doll just like dashing cups of piss in, into its own face after like <laughs> hours of psychological torture from your progeny. Yeah. I do highly recommend after this podcast is over going and YouTubing the commercials for Loverbella dolls because they are the stuff of nightmares. That is so creepy. Right. Yeah. Say hello to Lovabella, the baby with so many real surprises. Mama. The more you love and care for her, the more she'll amaze you. Mama. So we, our initial idea was to have some kind of way of the rock smuggling drugs and these art- artificially intelligent dolls mm. using the Amazon drone system as a mode of transport. Ah. But then we thought, no, there's no story there, so we don't have something else. So yeah, so as I say, his his legitimate business is manufacturing these dolls, and he has a sideline in which he's also selling a lot of high-end drugs. And so he has a main line of dolls that are just produced and sold to toy stores, and then he has a secondary line of, a much smaller line of dolls which are produced, which will have drugs stuffed into the back of them, and they'll be delivered to, to buyers, also yeah. other drug dealers and other gangs, etc. And so this, this film opens, we see the factory, we see it producing all of these terrifying Lovabella dolls, um, and somehow movie magic there's some kind of mix-up and oh no the dolls that have grey hair heroin stuffed into the back of the um into the back of them are accidentally delivered to a local independent toy store mm. instead of their proper destination so this is a disaster harry then gets a call from his boss saying find the missing dolls or else i'll shove a christmas tree so far up your ass that i'll be able to place the star on the tree poking out of your mouth who's playing the boss uh we were thinking vincent d'onofrio but uh Ooh. yeah nice. this is pretty much the only part he's got in it though so that'd be terrifying as well 
Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, he's terrifying, but also we're thinking like he in the Daredevil franchise, mm. he kind of looks like a giant baby. So it could be like he would look like a lover bella. So because he's got yeah, the back, he's bald, he's got the romper suit, he's got <laughs> the big belly, he's very babyish. So yeah, very meta. <laughs> So this is the the stakes of the film is that the rock is this small time well he's got his own factory but he's, he has a higher up boss that he works for who basically tells him that if he doesn't retrieve this you know massive batch of heroin that's currently on its way to a local toy store there's going to be a hit on him he's going to be a marked man hmm. so of course it being so he races to the shop it's, they've all been delivered to this one shop there's maybe a batch of like twelve dollars or something he races to the shop. And of course, as soon as he gets there, they've all sold out because Lovabella is the most popular toy of the season. Mm. Ah. So he has to go to the store owner, maybe played by Chris Parnell again. We didn't cast that role, so that's, he could reprise his role, maybe. Oh, he's got promotion as the store owner. Now, yeah, yeah, he's, he's worked, buckled down, he's worked hard, he's climbed <laughs> that ladder. That's um, amazing. I love this idea already. Right. So he goes to this store owner and through a mixture of kind of sweet talking and threats, manages to get a list of the people who bought the dolls. Rival gangster, Chris Rock, who we finally get introduced to, <laughs> has somehow got wind of these missing drugs and goes to the same shop just after The Rock, gets the same list out of the cashier, but by intimidation rather than by sweet-talking. Establishing which is the good and which is the evil dealer of heroin, you know. We need, we need uh, The Rock <laughs> to be the more sympathetic heroin dealer of the two. So. Yeah. I don't think The Rock can play a bad guy. No. If you can play a drug dealer, mm-hmm. not a bad guy. A cuddly one. <laughs> but he was the scorpion king. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Who could forget? <laughs> Of course you guys would remember that. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So, well, the the middle of the film is largely going to be around several different situations where The Rock and Chris Rock are fighting to get all the dolls. There'll be certain situations in other shops where they're, well, maybe, maybe not fighting over bouncy balls, but there'll be things like that. There'll be the whole bomb situation in the radio station, but it's a real bomb this time. Just adding a bit more weight to the world. Yeah, we wanted this to be a lot more kind of real. So that, that bomb sequence might play out exactly the same, except when it cuts, rather than being like the Looney Tunes style kind of, you know, the blackened face and the, the exaggerated feint. It's just, just a, dead. It's just a room full of charred bodies and, mm. yeah, essentially. Like the, the Punisher, basically. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, this is, this okay. is Jingle All The Way by way of The Punisher. So that's happening. And obviously there's got to be a domestic side plot where um, The Rock, his character, Harry, is married. He's got a young... We went for a daughter. We gender flipped it. So now he's got a daughter okay. who's going to be played by. Did we agree with Millie Bobby, Bobby Brown or is she too old? Yeah, we did. Millie Bobby Brown. From we thought she might be a little bit old to be interested in dolls, but then we thought, you know, she's got range. She's a great actress. So <laughs> she's 13, but she can play seven. She can play 17. That's, she's got so at all these, at all these little action sequences, The Rock does manage to get the drugs back, stashes them in his car, and then he gets a call from his wife. Oh, by the way, his wife, we haven't cast her. We were thinking, given uh, what's-her-face's hairstyle... Yes. As a tribute to <laughs> Risa Wilson's rocking a really terrible version of the Rachel, the only choice really to play Liz Liz is Jennifer Aniston herself. Yes. Okay. Good. <laughs> I like this. As kind of a gangster's mole, kind of. Jennifer, Jennifer, I think Jennifer Aniston doing an Edie Falco impersonation. That's what we're going for, I think. Mm. Nice. Mm. Yes, we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Phone call. Hi, honey. You better be coming home for Christmas. Yeah, babe. I've just got some quick things to take care of, and then I promise I will be straight home. I don't know why The Rock is is now Austrian, but yeah, well, I, I, I made a <laughs> yeah. choice in the moment oh, of committing to it. We didn't agree on that. <laughs> Fine, but if you let Jamie down again, it's over. I'm sick of your family coming second to your career. You think you're a good dad? Well, Ted, from next door, queued up at four this morning to get one of those Lover Bella dolls. There were only six in stock. Why can't you be that good a dad? Of course I'm going home in time, and Jamie doesn't even like Lover Bella. 
Well, I want her to get into more feminine things. I'm worried about it. She's only interested in violent video games and watching old Turbo Man reruns. Okay, I'll see what I can do, babe. I won't let you down. And they hang up without saying goodbye. Because this relationship is tense. It's on the rocks. Mm-hmm. So, from this conversation, The Rock has learned that the last remaining drug-filled doll is, in fact, at his next-door neighbor Ted's house. So, he drives home, and he sneaks into Ted's house. And Ted is, of course, across the road, sexually harassing Liz, his own wife. Can you guess who we've cast as Ted? Now, Phil Hartman's dead. Yes. <laughs> so, a CGI Phil Hartman. No. Who, who, do you, who do you think could play well off John Franston? Oh, shit. Not David Schwimmer. <laughs> Yes. yes. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. The most eligible bachelor on the whole block. David Schwimmer. <laughs> the women can't get enough of that sweet, sweet Schwimmer ass. Um, oh man. Schwimmer Fever 2017. Yeah. Eligible. So, for sure. Yeah. So hilarity obviously ensues oh. when um, The Rock breaks into David Schwimmer's house, but he immediately gets caught by uh, Ted's monkey, who is called Rocky. And this is obviously <laughs> a tribute to Marcel, the, the monkey character from Friends, but also the reindeer. It's basically the reindeer. Marcel. A, yeah, the reindeer is a monkey in this one. So <laughs> so a very vicious fight scene ensues uh, in which the house is basically destroyed. And it concludes when the rock just punches the, the monkey square in the face and knocks it out. Cool. Serves him right. This, <clears throat> this entire sequence has been building to the next paragraph, so Harry, go for it. When Rocky, the monkey, comes around, the rock sits in a rocking chair and gives it whiskey on the rocks some Rocky Road cake, and puts on Rocky 4. In the meantime, Chris Rock steals the Rock's car and drives away down a road which may have some falling rocks while listening to classic rock song Rock Lobster on Rock FM. Rock and roll. Nice. This is, okay, I see the thrust now. You're you're pinning everything on the rock. (laughs) (laughs) What if you don't get the rock? (laughs) If the rock turns it down, we're screwed. Yeah. (laughs) It's like being John Malkovich. Yeah, we'll have to hire Chrissy Rock or something to make it a Scouse melodrama. <laughs> so the Rock steals Ted's car and follows Chris Rock to a warehouse. And he sneaks in and as he, lists, he overhears Chris Rock talking to his fellow gangsters. Chris Rock says that the only way they're going to get this amount of drugs smuggled out of the city is to hijack the parade and do it right under the cops' noses. So there's a Loverbella float on, in the parade this year, replacing the Turboman float from the original film. There's now going to be a Loverbella float with all the actors dressed as these terrifying babies. So there's going to be a person in a Loverbella costume and several of her magical friends, basically. And there's also going to be a special edition life-size Loverbella doll, which is going to be big enough to stash all of the drugs in. And like the original film, Chris Rock, who's going to be dressed as Loverbella, is going to nominate a child to win the drug-filled doll. However, the winning child as part of the um, the scheme the winning child is actually a little person dressed as a child and that little person is going to be played by Peter Dinklage obviously obviously okay yeah realising that he needs to get onto the parade float to retrieve the doll the rock knocks out a passing Santa Claus and jumps aboard the float he declares that Peter Dinklage has been the bad boy and tries to grab the doll back but Dinklage pulls out a flick knife and a violent fight ensues much to the horror of the parade watchers so the rock manages to grab the doll and drop kick Peter Dinklage off the float but he's immediately attacked by Chris Rock and his cronies, who are all dressed as lover Bella dolls, unicorns, and teddy bears, and you know, beautiful childish things. So we're gonna have a really vicious fight scene with the Rock beating up Chris Rock and beating up all these babies and unicorns and teddy bears, etc. With smash cuts to children in the parade just crying and, and screaming, "Santa, no!" <laughs> he manages to defeat all the criminals with the help of Rocky, the fighter monkey, who swings in out of nowhere at the eleventh hour. The criminals are all exposed and arrested, with The Rock hailed as a vigilante hero who saved the parade. 
Uh, and so his daughter, Jamie, played by, by Millie Bobby Brown, runs up and says, Santa, you kick ass. To which he replies, thank you, little girl. Now, what would you like for Christmas this year? I just wish my dad could have been here, she replies. Well, Jamie, Merry Christmas. He, he pulls off his hat and fake beard, revealing himself to be the kick-ass Santa Claus. So the crowd cheers as families hugging him, and in a hero pose with an American flag unfurling behind him, he just says, Merry <laughs> Christmas, everyone. And the credits roll. post credit scene, still at the parade. Jamie says, So, Dad, whatever happened to the special edition Love of Bella doll those gangsters were trying to steal? We hear a shrieking monkey noise from Rocky, who has opened the back of the doll and whose face is now covered in white powder. <laughs> the Rock gasps, puts his hands to his cheeks and looks direct to the camera. Movie ends. <laughs> nice. Marvellous. I like, I like <laughs> how you... Okay, so first, first things first, I like how you made The Rock harder to distinguish for his daughter. You gave him the beard as well. It's yes. Not, <laughs> it's not obviously The Rock. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know. Give the Rock a beard. I'm pretty sure he's gonna look like the Rock in a beard. And a hat. <laughs> he's got a hat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah There's a, a whole hat. illusion going on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you fooled us again with your Rock hat. Mm. <laughs> you and that hat. Yeah, it works for Batman. <laughs> but yeah, I was. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah. yeah Any questions? Awesome. Yeah, I like it. It's 20. It's 2017. It's got an edgier edge. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone loves the Rock. I love the Rock. Who doesn't love the Rock? Yeah. Exactly. It's- just I like so how lovable. The, yeah, no, he's he is, and I like how the the, the fight scene between him and um, David Schumer. It reminded me a bit of um, is it Fast Six where he he flexes his way out of a, a like an arm cast. Yes, it's the sixth. Yeah, one. and then he picks up a, like a big rail gun and uh, is standing on like a collapsing building as he fires a helicopter. Yes. It reminded me a bit that, of that, that with sounds... the whole like the full land dis- destruction thing going on. Uh, to me, that says Christmas. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this film, I think you'll all agree, is very Christmassy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, man. Good Christmas message. Okay, cool. so uh, if there's no further questions, we'll then move on to our listener submissions, which is uh, every week we ask our listeners to submit their ideas for sequels to the films that we've covered. So uh, this week we had some very good suggestions for Jingle All The Way. So we have Theme Park Films suggested that Jake Lloyd is now grown up and an actor, and he's auditioning to play Turbo Man much in the way they cast Spider-Man as a new actor in every few films. As he turns up, he sees Sinbad's son is in the last two with him, so they get down to the final two, and they try to Arnie and Sinbad try to sabotage each other's chances to make sure that their son is the one who gets the role, and mm. hilarity ensues or something. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Sounds, yeah, I can it's see got a that. bit of a this-means-war sort of uh, feel mm. to me. Um, yeah, who's going to yeah. play Sinbad's son, though? It's a good point. Who could play a younger Sinbad? Obviously, for me, it would be Michael B. Jordan from about 15 years ago. <laughs> so if we can make it in the past that would be that would be ideal yeah i mean um, does sinbad have a son this could be another o'shea jackson jr situation where he's like find a new talent absolutely as i said before I, I have very strong doubts about the fact that um the character certainly doesn't have a son but uh, what if sinbad is playing his own son mm. <laughs> <laughs> see that seems more realistic yeah well, like gary oldman in um what was it called when he's just when he's just kneeling on shoes Oh, when he's playing a little person. And yeah. He, yeah. Oh, we need to watch that. Oh, sometime. God. There's a film where Gary Oldman plays a little person. And he just does it by, like, walking on his knees. It is so Ooh, awkward. Yeah. And Peter Dinklage is actually in it. Like, it's not yeah. like... Yeah. So they have actual... Like, the demographic who are most going to be offended by this are also in the movie. So they can be offended in person as well. Mm. Wow. That was pre-Game of Thrones, wasn't it, though? Where I think at that point, it was, Dinklage yeah. was taking what he could get. Like. Oh, man. 
Yeah. Sad, very sad. Uh, so, Dad Zone Cast at Dad Zone Cast. Their idea was Jingle 2, Child's Play 11. So, I'm guessing this is a <laughs> Nice. Wow. So, in this, the Langston family are terrorized by Turbo Man, who is now possessed by the evil spirits of none other than Charles Manson. So, that's it. <laughs> wow. Timely and dark. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Rush to get that one out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Blokebusters at Blokebusters. Uh, theirs is called. I like the title here. It's a Kringle All the Way. They did a title. They did a title. Oh yeah. my god! Finally. Yeah. <laughs> so Kringle All the Way, and it's the plot of the Santa Claus, but with Howard as the main character. So yeah. I guess this is uh, Arnie accidentally kills Santa Claus, yeah. and then becomes him, as in the plot of the classic Tim Allen movie, The Santa Claus. Or is it that Arnie accidentally kills Turbo Man and then like goes to look in the mirror and finds his chin has doubled in size or something like? Oh yeah, that's a possibility. Yeah. His spine is. I feel like that better. Working jetpack. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, oh no, lit class. But their idea was that an aging Arnie and Sinbad hunt Larry the Cable Guy for sport. Larry the Cable Guy being the American comic who was in the directed DVD sequel to this film. Nice. Uh, it just happens to take place during Christmas. So I guess it's kind of a predator meets Jingle all the way, I guess. Mm. Via Unforgiven. Via Unforgiven, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Marvellous. Claire McCallan at Manic Pix, let me get his name, at Manic Pixie 88 says Jingle all the way to Turbo Man versus Terminator. Which is pretty self-explanatory. It's Arnie versus Arnie, but which Arnie will win? It's a festive ah. romp for the whole family, God. twelve and above only. Uh, yeah. Turbo Man, definitely. Turbo, Turbo Man. Right? Turbo Man can fly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Terminator though. Mm. I believe. Nah, got... I'm going Turbo Man. I reckon Turbo Man's got some sort of like magnetic ray that could just do it. Well, in the TV show at the beginning, he just had these little like flick plastic things that fired out of his wrist. I don't think that'd stop Terminator anytime soon. Mm. Mm. Terminator definitely had the uh, the old quippage down yeah and i think he's got the arsenal as well yeah i think actually most True. physical fights do tend to come down to quippage yes so, <laughs> yeah that, that is yeah yeah it, it works by monkey island rules yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank god mr freeze isn't in this scenario because oh, <laughs> it wouldn't god. be a fair fight god. at all god the 90s was just arnie getting into increasingly ridiculous superhero outfits <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's definitely some kind of venn diagram you can make of that <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and finally, um, a friend of ours, Ross Burton, at RB Circus Artist. Oh, not that guy. I know. His suggestion is an alternate reality involving any other Arnie character and how they might deal with not being able to get the toy they want for their kid. So how the Terminator deal with getting a toy for his kid. How would Conan the Barbarian? How would Arnie from the Commando? Etc. <laughs> so uh, presumably- Arnie from Commando would be amazing. He'd just... He'd pick up a, a stewardess on the way to the store who just who just wanted nothing to do with anything. <laughs> And would just go around killing random people. Cutting people in <laughs> half with the stewardess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, Ross's suggestion was that the shortest, bloodiest, and best one would probably be Conan. Because it would be right. a bloodbath in a toy store, and it would end with him giving a dramatic monologue on a throne with the toy lamenting the boredom of having got all that he desired and advent- the adventure being over. So. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> Enough talk. <laughs> 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 so yeah those are our listener ideas this week all very good all very uh, I think they're all definitely serviceable so yeah. thanks for those guys uh, and yeah that's pretty much it from us so if you have a sequel idea for uh, Jingle All The Way or any other film we've done in the past or any films you'd like us to do in the future get in touch with us we'll be on the box set you can find us on all good forms of social media Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr Google Plus just search Beyond the Box Set we'll be on the box set on all of that uh, if you like the show please subscribe to us we're available on all good podcasting networks including iTunes, Stitcher, Acast Google Play Player FM Podbean etc um, Stitcher did I say Stitcher we're yeah. on everything subscribe to us if you really like us leave us a review we, we'd really appreciate it and while you're at it leave one good thing of review as well and subscribe to them because they're a great oh, show thank you. so thank um, 
yeah, so thank you guys for coming on. We much appreciate it. Uh, do you want to plug your show a little bit again before we uh, sign off? Let, let listeners know where they can find you, etc. It's quite good. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> That's what we've been told. Um, you can find you can find us on not as many things as you guys, but we're on some of the things. Uh, if you want to reach us, we're at uh, Twitter and Facebook at OGT Pod. Um, available to download on iTunes, Stitcher, some other places, uh, Buzzsprout, and the internet in general. I think if you if you if you Google us, we'll probably be there. <laughs> I've done nothing else ever apart from like an article from 1996 in a crime watch uh, thing which is just bullshit don't don't even worry about it it's bullshit yeah i've, I've got that <laughs> totally lame yeah i'm intrigued yeah <laughs> i've got a sexy poem that's doing the rounds but honestly it's best kept under, <laughs> under lock and key um other than that we're just we try to be positive uh, week after week no matter what and uh, sometimes it works sometimes it even happens so um yeah, it's always, it's always good to have a few more people behind us propping up the positivity pools. Yeah, I'd agree. There's a lot of podcasts out there that do kind of bad movies, but I think what you guys do that makes it stand out is that you do take it from a very positive perspective without sacrificing the humour. And I think that works really well. And it is a, it's a great show, so everyone do check it out if you're not already. So, And we're both members of the BritPod scene network as well. So that's how yeah. you can find us and other great podcasts with British accents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yes represent thank you very much thanks for having us it was a lot of fun no worries it's been an absolute it was pleasure. really cool oh thanks guys cool okay. well so until next time yeah so next week what are we doing next week harry oh yeah next week uh well it's our year end isn't it so we're gonna we're gonna do a best of 2017 yeah so we're gonna go slightly off format and we're gonna do we're gonna pitch like one line sequels to our favorite and least favorite movies of 2017 as in the films nice. that came out in 2017. Yeah. So Whether they are sequels or not, we're going to break our rule for yeah. for next week. We're just going to talk about the films we like this year, and then we're going to just very quickly, rather than like a full story, we'll just be like one one line, two line concepts of what a sequel might look like. So yeah. if you've been wondering what Dunkirk 2 is going to look like, we will let you know. <laughs> it's, it's crying out for yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> just Dunkirk 2, and it's just people on a beach like, where's everyone? <laughs> 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 yeah, I like it. Yeah. Dunkirk 2 lost in New York. Fabulous. <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> yeah. What how? How does that, that how does that even work? <laughs> One boat went too far. <laughs> I said I wanted to get off the beach, but this is ridiculous. <laughs> Amazing. Cool. So yeah, thanks guys, and uh I guess that's it. So see us see you next week. That's it. See you all next week. Bye. Bye.